welcome to Salem Fields Community Church and happy Mother's Day to all the moms across the region, the country, and the world. And if your mom is in the room with you, please give her a hug for us. And if she's somewhere else, be sure to call her or FaceTime her today. And also, if she's passed, please take some time to remember her today. And we're in this message series that we've called Everything's Changed not only because schools are closed and you have to wear a mask in Costco, but because 2000 years ago, the event of Jesus's resurrection really changed everything. And that included the lives, the mission, and the direction of his followers. And today, Pastor Rich is gonna take us on a journey with one of Jesus's closest friends named Peter, who wound up lying about his association with Jesus in order to save his own skin. And yet Jesus responds in a very remarkable way in a conversation that winds up changing the trajectory of Peter's life forever. And I want to invite you to check in on social media, take a picture of y'all worshiping from the couch. And if you're really embarrassed about what you're wearing right now, post a picture of your socks or your fuzzy slippers or even your coffee mug, because you never know whose day you might change and who might want to join us for worship. And help us out by filling out a connection card at salemfields.com contact, especially if you'd like to receive our weekly e-news or if you have any prayer requests or if you're interested in just being more involved. And we ask you to continue to give faithfully in your tithes and offerings, which we give as a reflection of God's generosity towards us. And there's a number of ways that you can do that electronically by text to give through the website, through the give button on the live stream page, or you can just mail in or drop off a check. And your giving makes it possible for us to continue the ministry of Salem Fields Community Church in our community and also abroad. And this week, we had the opportunity to provide 350 family activity bags to our friends at Smith Station Elementary School, where since the fall, we've been holding a once a month family dinner, kind of dinner church program gathering. And these bags were a take home version of the program portion that we usually do, complete with a cool butterfly craft for families to do together. So thanks to all who helped decorate and stuff those bags to show God's love to our community. And we're definitely gonna be doing it again. And speaking of kids, we have a special event coming up for families with kids ages five through 11. You are invited to join Pastor Rini, our children's director, for a fun scavenger hunt at home by Zoom this Thursday, May 14th at 3 p.m. For the Zoom link, check out our Salem Fields Facebook page or email info at salemfields.com. And we continue to have lots of other events and groups all during the week for all ages, basically every day. And that starts with the deeper dive on Mondays at 2 p.m. on Facebook Live. And you can check out our social media pages or in email info at salemfields.com if you have any questions. And one last thing, just a reminder, we have a special kids ministry lesson every Sunday at 1020 a.m., followed by a program for students with Pastor Tone at 1035. So be sure to tune in to salemfields.com live for that. Well, I know that I'm grateful to be able to gather here today. So break a smile, sing loud enough for the neighbors to wonder, and let's get ready to worship.
The grip of fear has no hold on me. I can say that. Why? Because I'm so strong? No, because God has forgiven me. Jesus lives inside of me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? The theme of this fourth week of our path to Pentecost, from the tomb to Pentecost, these seven weeks, this week, the emphasis is on forgiveness. Oh, I'm so thankful that forgiveness is so special in our hearts when we receive it and what a change it makes. Peter denied Jesus three times and he was a broken man, but Jesus came to him. And in John 21, we read how the Lord interacted with Peter, broken, feeling so separated from Jesus because of his sin and guilt. Jesus sat down with him by the side of the lake. He began to talk to him and we read these words in John 21 verses 15 through 17. And the first verse, verse 15, is our memory verse for this week. And I encourage you to put it to memory, work on it, get it in your heart, really understand how to learn God's word and teach it to your children. John 21, 15 says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Work on that verse. It's not that hard. He asks the question, Peter gives the answer, and Jesus tells him what to do. And he tells us the same thing. Let's go and feed the sheep. Let's reach them for Jesus. He goes on to say again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This time Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. 
Many of you have heard the phrase, love God, love people. The great commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbors yourself. How are we going to really love God? By loving people, helping them to know the message of Jesus, helping them to know they can know forgiveness and healing that comes from the hand of God. You and I are the people who are going to bring healing to our land. Truly, as the people of God, we have a calling that God tells us in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, when he says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. We need healing in America, not just from the coronavirus, but from the deadly virus of sin. And we have the answer. We have the antidote. We have the vaccine. It is the forgiveness of Jesus that he promises to everyone who will believe. So let's go tell the good news. Let you and I commit ourselves because if there's going to be healing in the land, it's going to start with you and me.
so powerful. Your forgiveness is like holy water on my skin. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want your forgiveness, your presence, your touch to be so real to us. I pray for every man, woman, teenager, and child that you would help them to know your love. No matter where they are, what they've done, no matter about their past, may they know today that you love them and that you're willing to forgive if they'll just open their hearts. And so, Lord, we say yes to you. And for your great love, we thank you. We say praise the Lord. Fill us, Lord. Use our lives to your glory. Help us to make a difference in our world and affect others for Christ. Let the love of God flow through us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. And speaking of prayer, folks, God still does answer prayer. This is a news flash. In answer to our prayers, we've had the announcement of phase one of the new plan for the coronavirus, and it allows churches to have up to 50% of their capacity in attendance starting next Sunday. Praise the Lord. I'm so excited. I can't already stand it. This next Sunday, May 17th, we're going to be able to have church, and we're going to set up the chairs according to the standards of the social distancing. We're going to have sanitizer available. You bring your mask. We need to wear those masks, and we're going to make sure everything's done in a proper way, but we're going to be together in the same room shouting and praising the Lord who loves us and is answering prayer. Praise the Lord. We want healing in our nation, and we know God is hearing and answering that prayer. So I sure look forward to seeing you next Sunday, 9-11. If the governor changes this, we'll have to change our plans. But either way, we'll still have the service online, streaming to you. We'll still be able to do what we've been doing. But we're looking forward to the new day when we get back together. Let's celebrate. Woohoo! I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to seeing you. Hey, you know, folks, today is Mother's Day. And I think it's thrilling and perfect that our theme today should be forgiveness. 
How appropriate is that for Mother's Day? We really do want to honor our mothers today. We want to say how much we love you. Some of you are mothers and others want to become mothers. But all of us have one thing in common. We all have a mother. So we can all honor mothers today. I think about my mother, Vanita Lee Linkus, Vanita Lee Hancock in her married state, was my mother. She had five children. I was the oldest. And I remember coming home from college and it was Christmas time and I got stuck in some snow and we had some trouble getting through it and getting back and I came in real late one night and mom was standing there waiting for me I couldn't believe it I thought I'd sneak in quietly but there she was and she had a belt in her hand and she was ready to take on this strapping teenage athletic young man she was about five five both ways you know up and out and uh, I'm exaggerating some, but she was, she was large and in charge. And uh, I'm just so thankful. She, uh, she listened to my story and she believed me and she forgave me. Uh, otherwise I might not be here. So I'm really thankful for forgiveness. And moms, I'm glad that you can teach us so much by the way you live and by the way you discipline. And I wanna encourage you to use your influence for good every day. Let God use you and be a mighty woman of God. So pledge that in your heart. I'm gonna use my influence to serve God. I had some humorous things I thought would be good to share. And as we think about mothers today, uh, some little children, second graders were asked some questions about mothers and I thought they were kind of cute, their answers. One of them was asked, why did God make mothers? And the little boy said, to help us out of there when we were born. Yeah, that's an important first thing to do. And by the way, while we're honoring first responders all over the nation, we're honoring people at the hospitals and policemen and all of those first responder firemen, it's so important to do that. But the true first responders are mothers. And we want to honor you during this time. Little boys and girls were asked, what ingredients are mothers made of? God makes mothers out of clouds and angel hair and everything nice in the world and one dab of mean. <laughs> one, what kind of little girl was your mom? Well, I don't know because I wasn't there. But I would guess she would be pretty bossy, <laughs> even as a little girl. <laughs> what does your mom do in her spare time? Little boy said, moms don't do spare time. <laughs> I think you all know what that one is talking about. He says, if you could change one thing about your mom, would it be? He says, I'd like to get rid of those invisible eyes in the back of her head. I think we all know what that means. I love these deeper thoughts about it. They come from some great writers who say things like this. You may have tangible wealth untold. You may have caskets of jewels and coffers of gold. Richer than I, you can never be. I had a mother who read to me. Praise the Lord. Spend some time with your children. I like this one. Biology is the least of what makes someone a mother. Basically, any woman could bring a child into the world but it takes something special to be a mother. Let God make you that one. Because mother is the name for God in the lips and on the hearts of little children. We truly do pray that each of you will be filled with God's power and be a godly mother. Listen to this special song we've prepared and it has some beautiful things you'll see and I pray that it will be a blessing to your heart as you watch it. You might have a mom, she might be the bomb, but ain't nobody got a mom like mine. Her love's to the end, she's my best friend. Ain't
Mother's Day to all you moms out there. We honor you. We celebrate you. Uh, we're so glad that you joined us this morning. I know how thankful I am for the moms that are in my life, my amazing mom, uh, my wife, who's just been such uh, an incredible mom to our two kids, and, and my mother-in-law as well, who's been a blessing. And so uh, I'm just so thankful for them, and I celebrate all you moms, and I know we do as a church, and we're just so thankful that we get to spend uh, this Mother's Day with you. I know it, it looks different. I know this Mother's Day, everything has changed, and, and I know that there's some of you joining us too that, that this Mother's Day is different for a lot of reasons. You know, maybe uh, this is the first Mother's Day without your mom, or, or maybe you are a mom and this is your first Mother's Day without your child, and um, you know, maybe this is just, again, a, another reminder of the fact that maybe you've been unable to have 
children or, or you know, maybe uh, you just didn't have the best mom growing up or you didn't even know your mom growing up. And so I just want you to know, too, we are also with you on this day and uh, just we're in this together. You know, we, we love you. We care about you. And so uh, if you just need any support during this time as well, just feel free to reach out because um, we're in this together. We're in this everything's changed um, you know, environment together. And so uh, we're just going to stick it out. We're going to be a community. And we're going to love one another. And, and that's kind of, we continue this series today of, of everything's changed. And um, I don't have to tell you that. I think the reality is we know that everything's changed. We just uh, look at how we have to live now as opposed to what it was just a couple of months ago. And, and so, you know, the funny thing is we're going to look at the disciples here a little bit. We're going to look at this, this story of, uh, of just how Jesus was changing some other things once he resurrected. And we're actually going to take a look at just a really amazing story um, involving the Apostle Peter. Um, but I want us to understand that this whole concept of everything's changed. The apostles, the disciples of Jesus, they knew that pretty well. You know, I think when they were walking with Jesus during his ministry, they were essentially saying, wait, everything is changing right before our eyes. See, what Jesus would do is he would actually come and he would upset the uh, religious norm, the cultural norm of that day. You know, he would consistently say, uh, you've heard it said this, but I say this. You know, I think about the woman caught in adultery. You know, uh, she was brought to Jesus and, and at that time, uh, she was to be stoned for that kind of offense. And so that was the norm. But Jesus in that moment changed it all. So what he said, okay, um, whoever has no sin, you throw the first rock, go right ahead. And every single person dropped those rocks. And the disciples had to have been witnessing this and saying, look, everything is changing before our eyes. Everything that we were used to is now different. You know, a moment where People were operating in their normal, passing judgment and, and taking injustice into their own hands. Jesus was showing a different way. He was bringing forth forgiveness and he was bringing forth an opportunity for redemption. You know, we look all throughout the Gospels and, and we see these moments where everyone expected one thing to happen because of what they were used to, of, of what they believed. And Jesus would change the narrative. See, that's what the cross and the resurrection did too. Uh, it changed everything for us. For good. You know, it changed our destiny. It changed the power of sin in our lives. And it changed what was possible. See, out of all that Jesus flipped on its head, nothing beats the resurrection. Because it brought us our salvation. But the gift that is waiting on the other end of this path to Pentecost is a pretty special gift too. Because what has become available to me and to you is this ability to walk in power and, and love each and every single day of our lives through the Holy Spirit. So to take these truths of God and, and live them out, to not just be bystanders of the work of Jesus, but to be partakers in it. See, Pastor Jerome talked to us last week about uh, miracles and how something that is so outside of our logic, as something that is so outside of being possible with Jesus becomes possible. And see, in these Fishermen that were in the story that Pastor Jerome shared last week, they experienced this miracle of catching an insane amount of fish for that day and time because the resurrected Jesus was in their midst. See, one of the men on the boat that day was Peter. 
See, the last time we really saw Peter in Scripture up until now uh, was on the day of Jesus' death. See, remember, Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, here's, about, well, here's what's going to happen to me. And I'm going to die. And Peter's like, I'm with you. I'm not leaving your side, Jesus. I got you. I'm, I'm with you to the end. And remember, Jesus says, Peter, when you hear the rooster crow three times, when you hear the rooster crow, you will have denied me three times. Not once, not twice, but three times. And sure enough, Peter denies Jesus three times and then hears that rooster crow. And I don't know about you, but I feel like the second that Peter heard that rooster crow, the guilt and the shame of what had just taken place hit him like a ton of bricks. You know, I heard Pastor Mark Batterson say one time that the region of Israel that Peter would have been in following Jesus' death, he would have heard the rooster's crow a lot and frequently. And I can imagine that each time Peter heard those roosters crow, uh, he was completely brought back to that moment. He was completely brought back to, to his guilt and to his shame and to regret, wishing that there was something that he could do to erase what just happened. See, Pastor Jerome said last week that, that after Jesus was crucified, that these fishermen who were disciples of Jesus, they returned to be fishermen because it was what they had known. It was what was comfortable. And I would guess that, that Peter has come back to who he was before Jesus because of the, his denial of Jesus. Almost like he's disqualifying himself as to say, my failure defines my future. And there's no possible way that I can be used to build his church now. See, remember, Jesus had actually changed Peter's name from Simon. See, Peter was to help build Jesus' church, and, and yet now we see a change. Instead of being Peter, the man who, who met and walked with Jesus, he has returned to being Simon, the fisherman, because of his mistakes, his shortcomings, and his failures. But once again, Jesus is about to demonstrate that everything has changed. See, so let's check out what happens. I, I want us to grab our Bibles, pull out your phones. We're going to be in John chapter 21. Uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 15, and I'm going to read from the NIV, because as Pastor Jerome said, that's where our uh, memory verse for the week comes from, John chapter 21, verse 15. Um, now, leading up to the scripture, they had just experienced the miracle of the ridiculous catch of fish, and they are certain that it is Jesus on the shore that had just performed this miracle, and, and I love this. Peter doesn't even wait for the boat to get back to shore. He just jumps in the water, and he goes, and he swims, and he, he comes, and then the rest of the guys bring the boat up to shore, and, and they sit down with Jesus, and what does Jesus do? He makes them breakfast. Um, I wonder what kind of cook Jesus was. You know, I'm kind of like wondering, like, is he like mom's home cooking, or, or is it like a fine dining experience? But uh, let's be real. Jesus usually has leftovers, so I'm pretty sure that it's like mom's home cooking. And I know that was kind of a dad joke, and I'm really embarrassed of it, but we're just going to roll with it. We're just going to keep moving along. Uh, so anyways, John chapter 21, verse 15, and we're going to pick it right up. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. So Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you would just speak to us through your word, that you will just help us to discover what it is that you have for us in this passage. Help us to, to learn from you, to grow from you, and to just be closer to your heart. Jesus, we love you and we praise you in your name. Amen. So we just read this encounter between Jesus and Peter uh, that has changed everything. Now, in order to understand the weight of this moment, we have to understand what was before everything changed. See, in order for someone to be forgiven of their sins under the law of Moses, a, a spotless lamb had to be sacrificed, and the blood of that lamb would cover the sins. Sounds familiar, right? See, the process was merely a picture of what was to come, where the spotless lamb of God, Jesus, would shed his blood to cover the sins of humanity and bring forgiveness to all who would come to him, repent, and receive the gift of salvation. See, this is what would ruffle all the feathers of the religious leaders at the time because people would come to Jesus and he would forgive them and, and they would be like, he can't forgive sins. Who does he think he is? But he could and he did. And now because of the cross and, and the resurrection, that forgiveness is available still to me and you, to everyone. See, and that's why this encounter with Peter is so important. It's the resurrected Jesus has just forgiven and restored a man who denied him three times. Where Peter was letting his mistake define his future, Jesus was saying to Peter, I define your future. I'm calling you to feed my sheep.
get into this a little further and, and kind of pull some things out that I feel like God wants us to, to take away from our time together. And, and that's the first thing is forgiveness changes me. You know, kids can teach us so much. I've been building Judah and Ellie a playground outside. And I tell you what, this playground was made by Ikea. I'm certain of it. Between the amount of parts it has, the amount of directions that it has, it has literally taken me 
hours and I'm still not done with this thing. And if anyone's put something from Ikea together, you know the frustration. So now times that by 10 because it's a playground and it's this massive monstrosity. But I have been losing my patience a little bit with it. And so there was one time I was getting frustrated and, and I ended up taking it out on Judah and immediately he just runs away and he goes up to his room and I just felt absolutely horrible. I just was like, I am the worst dad in the world. I, I am absolutely the worst dad of the world. And he's going to be so upset and so hurt by me. Like, I, I don't know that he's going to forgive me, you know. And so I go to him and I apologize and, and I just, I let him know, hey, like, it, it's not you. I, I was just getting frustrated with that. I'm so sorry for taking it out on you and losing my patience. That isn't the way Jesus would want me to handle things. And I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? And immediately he does. He hugs me. And then he even says, you're still a good dad, daddy. In that moment, it restored my belief in myself as a dad. And there was just something so powerful in the moment. There's power in forgiveness. And how much greater is the forgiveness of Jesus? So the apostle Paul tells us something so powerful in his first letter to Timothy. He says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. See, Paul understood the power of forgiveness that he had experienced in his life personally. And on the shoreline in John 21, Peter was experiencing the same thing that Paul had. See, the power of forgiveness, the, that our mistakes, whether minor or major, don't have to hold us captive or write us off, but through Jesus and his forgiveness, we are not disqualified. See, I wonder how many people listening to me right now have experienced the forgiveness of God. You know, have you found the freedom from your guilt and your past that can only be found in Jesus? See, I want to encourage you to make today the day that, that you stop carrying the guilt and the shame, that, that you bring all of your mistakes to the feet of Jesus. Ask for his forgiveness and watch how the heart of a loving father heals you, redeems you, and restores you and sets you free. See, Peter felt that on this day. The crazy thing is he had witnessed Jesus forgive so many times. But I know what it's like to feel like you know, forgiveness is for everyone else but you. You know, you might think, yeah, I believe Jesus forgives, but maybe I'm the exception. You know, you, you don't know what I've done or, or I've let God down so many times. He can't possibly still love me. He can't possibly welcome me back into his arms. But Jesus doesn't think like you and me. His forgiveness is for everyone. And when we accept it and we receive it, it, its power sets us free. See, Peter denied Jesus three times. But what we see is Jesus forgiving, he's giving Peter a shot at redemption. See, I find it interesting that, that in this exchange, Jesus is calling Peter Simon, almost as if he's calling out the fact that Peter has returned to who he was before Jesus. 
Yet each time he asks uh, Peter, he says, Simon, do you love me? And each time Peter says, yes, Jesus reminds him of his future. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. See, three times Peter denied Jesus, but here we see three times he confirms he loves Jesus. This full circle moment of Jesus looking at Peter as if to say, I know your heart, Peter. You're forgiven. Don't return to your past. Don't disqualify yourself. Your future is still intact. Follow me and let's go. Let's get on with it. But Jesus also lays something out for Peter. See, the first time Peter was running scared in fear and he denied Jesus because of it. But in our passage, Jesus tells Peter, look, your future is going to involve the same death I had. Follow me. See, fear in one moment led to Peter's denial. Yet post forgiveness, once he finds out that this path that he's about to go on leads to death, Peter doesn't choose to run back to the boat saying, peace out, I'm good, I'm just going to be Simon, I'm just going to be a fisherman. No, he turns from what he did and who he was and he walks into who he's to be. And he follows Jesus and he proclaims him boldly. Why? Because forgiveness has lifted Peter. It has changed Peter. It has changed the narrative about how Peter sees himself and he sees his future and it has changed the story. He's no longer Simon, failure who tried to follow Jesus, but is destined to fish and live in regret. No, he's Peter who messed up, but was forgiven and is now pursuing the plans that God has for him, even if it leads to death, because nothing is greater than the love of Jesus. Forgiveness changes the story. And that's exactly what my next point is. Forgiveness changes the story. I love Romans 5, 8. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, I've experienced this firsthand in my life. Before receiving the forgiveness of Jesus, I was a broken kid trying to find hope and happiness in all the wrong places. See, even when I met Jesus, I'd stumble and I'd find myself wandering back to old habits and, and old lifestyles and wrong thinking about myself and my life. Just like Peter, I kept believing that my mistakes defined me and that my forgiveness had to be earned by performing, by being perfect, by getting it right. And when I came to this place of understanding that the forgiveness of Jesus was solely based on what he did, not what I did, that I just had to repent receive it and allow him to redeem and transform me, it changed my story. It changed the narrative of my mistakes and, and how I viewed my shortcomings. See, when I stumbled, I no longer focused on my failure. I focused on Jesus, my perfecter. You see, if my focus is on me and my mistakes, the narrative is just going to breed negativity. In my mind and my future, is this going to look bleak and it's going to look daunting like an impossible mountain to climb and overcome. But if I recognize my weaknesses and my faults and I bring them to Jesus and I focus on where he wants to take me and, and I follow his leading, then, then the story begins to change. I'll no longer view my future as a destiny that will be full of the same mistakes and, and the same imperfections. I will view my future with possibility, with uh, full of freedom and growth. 
One outlook keeps me as Simon. The other outlook helps me to walk as Peter, bold and full of purpose. See, when we let our mistakes and our failures have power over our future, then we are not embracing the power of Jesus' forgiveness. We're letting the devil's voice be louder than God's. You see, if, if every day we're speaking or thinking negative narratives about ourselves, about our, our, our others, about our circumstances, and, and speaking that, that we're a failure, that we'll never be the spouse or parent or, or a child or friend or worker that we desire to be, that we want to be, then we'll continue to walk in the belief and allowing that, that script to define our future. But when we let Jesus speak truth, and allow the, his narrative to, to fill our heads. And, and we allow ourselves to line up with what he says about us and, and about others and about situations. Then his forgiveness, his redemption, and his promises script our story. See, instead of those mistakes becoming our downfall, they become testimonies of his faithfulness. Forgiveness is a game changer. It doesn't set us free to give us a license to sin it sets us free to become something greater, something supernatural, something that changes us and others. And that brings me to my final point. Forgiveness changes others. Luke 23, 34, Jesus says on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. See, if there was ever a question about forgiveness, that Jesus demonstrated to the world, it was a race when he was on the cross and said, Father, forgive them in reference to the very people that mocked him and crucified him. See, while others heard this statement, they continued to mock him. But a criminal that was hung on the cross next to Jesus was changed by it. He asked Jesus to remember him and Jesus said, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. See, forgiveness changes others, even a thief in his final moments. And we are all in need of it. And Jesus is the example of it. See, Peter left his breakfast with Jesus, a changed man. He, he would go on to preach about the forgiveness of Jesus throughout the rest of his life. And, and it's something that he would demonstrate well, and it's something that we should demonstrate. Because when we forgive, we, are, we too are putting the heart of Jesus on full display. You see, forgiveness is an act of worship. It's a response to the fact that we have been forgiven. Therefore, we are compelled to forgive. It's not a question of whether we should forgive. It's a question, it's, the answer is it's a must. We must forgive. And, and we have to understand that, that forgiveness doesn't justify or condone. We got to get that out of our minds. See, when Jesus would forgive people, he wouldn't say that what they were doing was, it's perfectly okay. Uh, no need to change. No, he would always instruct them to go and sin no more. What forgiveness does is something supernatural. It, it releases your heart and the other person from the bondage of their humanity and it br brings something holy into a moment. See, instead of closing and locking all the doors to, of your heart and allowing sin and Satan to create chaos and add fuel to the fires of, of conflict and weakness, it opens the door to the Holy Spirit to come in and to speak and to heal and to restore. See, just like we said before, it changes the narrative. It changes what is possible. See, can you imagine what things would look like if we allowed the supernatural power of forgiveness to flood our lives? Talk about everything changing. 
And, and you might think that's a pipe dream. Uh, there's too much conflict. There, there's too much turmoil. There, there's just too much hurt and pain. And to that I say, well, that's exactly what Jesus came to change. That sin that created conflict, that sin that created turmoil, that sin that brought so much hurt and pain and guilt, Jesus was, is, and will always be the answer to it. So if we're to discover the freedom and victory from that, then the forgiveness of those sins is where we start. And from there, we carry the heart of the Father and the way we live and the way we love. By what? Following Jesus and responding the way that he does. We say, well, that, that's great, Rich, uh, but we're still human. We're still flawed. And I'm not perfect. Neither is anyone else. So, so can forgiveness really change that much? And you're exactly right. You know, we are still human, but remember the gift uh, for us that's at the, waiting at the end of this path to Pentecost that empowered Peter and the other disciples in walking boldly and demonstrating the love to Jesus to everyone, the Holy Spirit. He's available to us right here and right now. And that while we are human, the Holy Spirit does a supernatural work in us that helps us to walk righteous and holy. He's available to us right here and right now. While we are human, the Holy Spirit does a supernatural work in us that helps us to walk righteously and holy. See, the Bible says that the, the Spirit will lead us into all truth. He's our helper. He's our friend. And so I just want to leave us with some final thoughts. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know the dynamics of each one of your lives. I know that the word forgive strikes different chords in each and every single one of you. There's different layers, different challenges. Some of you might battle forgiving yourself for the things that you've done. Some of you might battle forgiving others that have hurt you so deeply. Some of you might have embraced uh, forgiveness, but the rooster crows are so loud that it's hard to move forward. Some of you find it hard to forgive because you feel like justice hasn't been served. Some of you are seeing faces in your mind of, of people you need to forgive. And some of you are seeing faces in your mind of people you need to ask for forgiveness from. And see, I know that there are people that are evaluating their walks with God right now. And, and some are noticing fear where there should be faith or uh, some have returned to old habits or old ways of thinking when God is calling them towards their future. And I know that there are people listening to my voice right now that have taken on so many wrong narratives about themselves and about other people based on mistakes and experiences. And they've done this for so long that they don't even know where to start in beginning to change the narrative. I know I can't possibly understand the dynamics, emotions, thoughts, and challenges that each and every single one of you are thinking and feeling about this subject right now. But I do know this. Everything changes when we truly bring Jesus into it. Bringing our real, raw uh, failures, hurts, brokenness, uh, and struggles to the only one that can truly bring eternal transformation. It's amazing to me, the one who never changes has the power to change everything. See, he empowers us to, to demonstrate his heart in everyday life and situations, big or small. That's why we need him, right? See, we can get self-help books, listen to every podcast under the sun, try every pill, every remedy, every plan, try this voice and that voice or this political party and that political party. But there is nothing, and I mean nothing, that changes things like Jesus. 
And there's something so immense and so weighty and so important about this thing called forgiveness. It's changed my entire life. Because to be forgiven is to be free and to forgive others is to be free. It compels us to greater things. It redeems us and it restores us. It leads us into purpose. It heals relationships. It knocks down walls. It displays the heart of the Savior to the entire world. It might not change the circumstance. It won't erase the past. But it will change the narrative. Forgiveness is the heart of the Father, and it's for everyone. The psalmist says in Psalm 103, He's not punished us as we deserve for all of our sins. For His mercy towards those who fear and honor Him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins Far away from us as the east is from the west. He is like a father to us, tender and sympathetic to those who reverence him. For he knows we are but dust. Embrace the power of forgiveness today. Receive it. Give it. Allow it to transform you. Allow it to transform others and let it continue to change the narrative as we bring Jesus into our relationships, into our experiences, and watch as our faults are perfected by his perfection. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness, Lord. God, I pray for every single person listening today. Jesus, I pray for those that haven't experienced the joy and the victory of your forgiveness. Father, I want to give them an opportunity right now to just repeat this prayer, to invite your forgiveness into their hearts, to invite you into their hearts as their Lord and Savior, to be transformed. And if you're listening to my voice and you want to make a commitment today, you want that forgiveness of Jesus and you want to follow him, just repeat after me, Lord, I am a sinner. I've done so much wrong. Forgive me. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for my sins and that your shed blood covers all of my sins. And I believe that three days later you rose again, laying waste to death, laying waste to the consequences of that sin. And I now sit, live victorious with you. And I receive the gift of salvation and eternal life. Lead me and guide me and help me to follow you for all the days of my life. And now I also want to pray for, for those that just want to experience uh, forgiveness. Maybe you've been battling whether it's uh, regret or shame or guilt. Maybe it's just conflict that you've had with someone and there's just so much hurt and so much pain there. I just pray for you today. I pray that forgiveness can come and flood those situations and those circumstances and that you allow the Holy Spirit to do what he can do and lead you into responding the way that you need to respond. I pray for our nation. I pray for everyone that they just experience the joy and the fullness of who Jesus is. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you guys so much. I hope you have a fantastic Mother's Day. We love all you mothers out there and and we love all of you out there. Again, during this time, feel free to, to reach out to us. I uh, hope you'll join us tomorrow for the deep dive at, at 2 o'clock on Facebook as we go into this message a little deeper than we were able to talk about here uh, today. I also want to encourage you, make sure you get that memory verse in your spirit this week. John chapter 21, verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. We love you guys. Be blessed. Have an amazing rest of your day. And we'll see you next time as we continue this journey on this path to Pentecost. God bless you all.
So everything's changed, but God's love and forgiveness remains the same. It's amazing stuff, isn't it? It's good stuff. It's God's stuff. And remember to memorize our memory verse for this week from John chapter 21, verse 15, which says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. So make it a challenge in your family to see who can remember that verse. And just a few reminders before we wrap up today. Remember that all kids and teens are invited to tune in to SalemFields.com slash live at 1020 every Sunday for our kids ministry program with Pastor Rini and at 1035 for a youth ministry time with Pastor Tone. And if you have any prayer needs or any needs at all, please email us at care at SalemFields.com because we do care and know that we really want to connect with you beyond our time of worship. So be sure to stay tuned to our Facebook and Instagram news feeds, as well as the e-news for upcoming events and any updates we also have regarding the church building and the current stay-at-home order. And join us Monday at 2 p.m. for our deeper dive into this week's sermon. And you can email your questions to info at SalemFields.com. So God bless, happy Mother's Day, and have a great week ahead.